welcome to Sunday service. So this week, I guess you could say that the weather inspired the message uh, because here we're it's December 10th and in Washington State all week long, actually it's been longer than a week now, but we've had what's been called an atmospheric river over Washington and that just basically means there's a ton of water overhead which means they're letting out the clouds are letting down all this water and it has just been raining like crazy here and so much so that our lights that are set for our christmas lights on our tree that are set for to come on at dusk and and turn off at dawn they've been on 24 7 because the skies have been so dark uh it's not even been light enough to turn our, our automatic lights off which is crazy but i got to thinking about how it's this weather is really hard for some people and got to thinking about the different seasons of life that we go through. And I just pray that you are um, blessed by this week's sermon. And it's entitled, Always Winter, But Never Christmas. <clears throat> I think that we can all agree that we are full swing into the... Christmas season right now, full swing. We got, we have people are wearing their festive clothes even today. We got lots of red out there going on. I love it. Um, but it's kind of that time of year where traditions, if you have any traditions, they kind of, they kind of come out at the holidays, whether it's like personal traditions that you have. Maybe you have a spa day and you're like, it's Christmas time and I treat myself every year. Or maybe it's family traditions that you have that, that, um, that you do during the holidays. And sometimes these traditions, they just kind of start um, innocently and then pretty soon you're, it's a family tradition. One of those things was in our family, uh, my brother and his family, my sister, her family, my mom and my family, we would see a holiday, not a holiday movie, but a movie that came out around the holidays, which usually was, um, you know, some sort of superhero movies because they come out in, um, at the holiday time. And um, one year, it was 15 years ago. I can't believe it when I was counting up how long ago it was, but it was 15 years ago. So the kids were smaller. We went to go see one of the Chronicles of Narnia movie, and it was the one with Prince Caspian in it, if you know what it is. But, you know, they always go to battle in these, in these movies. And um, in one of the scenes where they're trying to, to hype up the, the people and creatures or whatever, you know, that are going to go into battle, they're all, go, they're all yelling, yeah, we got this, we could do this. And at the very end of the scene, this bear, he says, Frazlin. And he says it like that. And for some reason, my family thought it was funny. And we were sitting up in the very back row. And and we all we all just started laughing at the same time. And we just were laughing. And we looked down and I, you know, looked at my brother and we're like, Frazlin, you know, across from each other. Pretty soon we realized that nobody else in the theater was laughing. We, it was just our family that thought it was funny. So we didn't stay... Um, you know, probably favorites in theater for very long, but we're very popular there. But it was just funny. But I don't know if you know the Chronicle of Narnia movies or books. If you've read them, I've read the first book, saw the movies, I like them. But if you know anything about the Chronicles of Narnia, you know that in the first book, Narnia was um, in a state of forever winter. And Mr. Tumnus, if you know who he is, he tells Lucy, he says, he describes Narnia as being a place where it's always winter, but never Christmas. That's right. Always winter, but never Christmas. 
How sad, right? When you ask people what their favorite season is, a lot of times they'll say winter. Why? Because it's Thanksgiving time, it's Christmas time, it's holiday, it's New Year's, and Christmas is one of the reasons we love winter so much is because we have Christmas to look forward to. But can you imagine being in a place where it's always winter, but never Christmas? This gives me the impression that Mr. Tumnus is saying there's nothing to look forward to here. There's no looking forward to a better tomorrow. Always winter. How bleak, right? How sad that is. And you feel the sadness when he explains how he lived. Now, we know that God created seasons. In Genesis 8.22, he says, While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. He gave us the seasons of nature. But he also gave us other kinds of seasons. In Ecclesiastes 3, 1, I'll read it and then paraphrase a bit, but it says, There is a season for everything and a season for every activity under the sun. A time to be born, and there's, there's this list. A time to be born, a time to die. A time to plant, time to uproot, to tear down, to build up, to weep, to laugh, to mourn, to dance, to search, to give up, to keep, and to throw away. You know, the list goes on. It's seasons of life. God gave us seasons of nature, but he also gave us seasons of life. Why do you think he did that? For me, I think he did that to show us that the one thing that we can depend on in this life is change, right? We can depend on change always being a part of life in nature and in our life. It's the rhythm, it's the rhythm of life that God has given us, the steadfastness that we can always be sure that things will always be changing. Change is inevitable. But what do we do when we feel like we're stuck in a forever winter, not the season of nature winter, but the season of life winter, where emotionally or circumstantially we just feel like we're stuck. We lost our hope that there's a Christmas. We hope for tomorrow. Right now, we are in winter, and we know that, you know what that means? We lose two minutes of light just about every single day, right? From the summer solstice, we start losing two minutes of light. And, and you know, it kind of, it gets a little bit dreary, dreary. You go to work, it's dark. You come home, it's dark. We have our Christmas lights set up on the automatic dawn, desk to dawn, so they come on at dusk and turn off at dawn so that when it's light out, they're not on. But there have been days where it's not gone off because it's not been light enough to turn the lights off. It's just... The sensor thinks that it's dark all the time because it's, I mean, especially this week, it's just been the atmospheric river that we have been under <laughs> has not left us uh, all week long. But, um, you know, how do you survive that a winter of life when it feels like you are just living in winter without Christmas? And um, as I said, God gave us his creation, nature, for us to learn of him. And I want to use an example of nature on um, how we can survive the winters of life and, he, and, and how he created the trees. Trees um, survive every winter. And we're gonna kind of look at them and see how God created them to survive winter and what that means to us, how we can learn from these trees. And I don't know about you, but I love fall. I love when the leaves start to change colors, when the greens all of a sudden become bright yellow. 
and orange and red and pur I love it. I just think it's so beautiful. And um, I was, I had the privilege of driving down to California during fall and driving through Oregon, um, the, the passes and you're just in the, in the wilderness and just, it was, it was beautiful up against the green of the evergreens were yellow and red and orange. It was gorgeous. But I, I don't like what happens after they change colors because the leaves, they fall. And that's what I don't like, I think, the most about winter is looking at these bare trees, these trees that have nothing on them. To me, they look dead. And I'm just like, oh, it's so ugly. The only time they look pretty is if it snows, right? And then there's snow on all the little branches and then it's really pretty. But I don't like the trees without the leaves, but somehow they make it through winter every single year. You know, the first thing that they have to do to survive is that everything within the tree has to slow down. It's the first thing. They can't go into dormancy until they slow down. Their metabolism slows down, their energy consumption slows down, their growth slows down, all of it has to slow down. And um, I know that we're in the time of year where we're like, Shelly, we can't slow down, it's Christmas, we got lots to do, got presents to buy, to send, to do, you know, all these things to do. And okay, that's fine. And even though I, I am a firm believer is in leaving breathing space in your schedule, so when you're scheduling things, leave some breaks in between so you don't feel overwhelmed. But you know, sometimes we can clear our schedule altogether and still not have that slowing down inside experience that we need because our minds are constantly going. Our minds are racing about different things, different things that are, that are bothering us or things we have to do or, or all of these things. And, and even though your schedule is clear, you're still not slowing down on the inside. Right? And that's what we have to do is slow down on the inside. So, and sometimes these racing thoughts, I hope you know, you know what I'm talking about. Sometimes you lay down at night and your mind just doesn't shut down. And um, sometimes these racing thoughts, they can be fueled by fear or worry, anger, depression, addiction, that need to control everything. I'm speaking to myself. Um, but how do we slow down within ourselves? Can I tell you how I do it? It's tried and true with me is the word of God, the word of God. And I know that you're like, ah, it's just it's the same answer that we, that you give, but it truly has been a tried and true method for me in slowing down on the inside, this racing mind when my mind can't stop thinking or worrying about certain things, I find something in the word of God that will counter that. If I am, if I am dealing with fear, then I'll find a scripture, maybe the scripture that says, fear not for I am with you. And to some that may be so simple, but to, but to live in that scripture and repeat it over and over again, going, fear not, I am with you. You learn more from that phrase the more you say it. I am with you. God is with me. I don't need to fear, right? If anxiety is something that you're worried about, we can say, cast all your anxiety upon him for he cares for you. And this, this takes time. It takes discipline, right? It's just like just like everything else in life. Sometimes we, we feel like, you know, New Year's is coming, so people make New Year's resolutions to lose weight, get fit, all this kind of stuff. You go to the gym once, and then you go home, and you're like, 
Well, why hasn't it changed, right? You can't go to the gym and then come out looking like Arnold, right? That was Arnold Schwarzenegger, if you guys didn't catch the, uh, <laughs> you know, my impressions. That's about it. Um, but it, it takes time. It takes discipline for us to do these things over and over again. And God, God will change that mindset and he will slow us down on the inside. The second thing a tree does to survive is it lets go of its leaves. Um, when you have leaves, and even the evergreens that we have here, all the pine needles, it sheds a ton of its needles because these leaves and these needles, they, they require food and energy that the tree doesn't have to give it, right? It has to let go of these things so it can con conserve all of the energy that it has to surviving the winter. And sometimes we have to assess our own lives and what we need to let go of. Maybe their habits, places we go, attitudes that we have, and sometimes even people. Um, there's a term for, for toxic people in our lives, and they call them energy vampires, right? We know vampires are, uh, you know, I want to suck your blood. Um, and these energy vampires, they want to drain you of your energy. And these people, they have categories for these energy vampires. They're the narcissists the victim, right? The one who's always the victim. Um, the controller and the constant talker. Got any energy vampires in your life? Don't, have to, don't mention any names. Um, but usually when you have an encounter with an energy vampire, and you know what I'm talking about, you leave feeling drained and you're exhausted. Your mood is changed. Um, and I, I'm not saying to get rid of these people, but I'm, or, or maybe you do, but this is where the Holy Spirit comes into play here. We don't have to get rid of everybody that bothers us, is what I'm saying, that everybody that annoys us, or we would, we would probably be alone. <laughs> but, but we need to ask God, how, who do I need to let go of? Who do I need to set boundaries with? right? Because we can't please everybody. But, but that's where you need to ask God, what and who do I need to let go of in my life? What is draining the energy from me that I just don't have to give? And that takes leading of the Holy Spirit. We can't, like I said, we can't just get rid of all the people in our lives, but God, how do I deal with them? How do I have a healthy relationship with these people? Or do I need to let them go? And that's God giving you direction in how to move forward in that. He will show you. Um, and the last way a tree survives is his bark. Um, bark provides insulation. It protects against freezing and cracking. Comes in a variety of textures and densities and colors. I always loved the um, paper, I don't know what they were called, but paper birches is what I called them. You know what I'm talking about? You could peel the paper off so it looks like paper. I loved peeling that stuff off, which, um, you know, uh, trees need their bark to survive. And when we moved into our house in Lake Stevens, there was a Japanese maple that was in the back and it was smaller, but it was so, it was a cute little tree. I loved it. And I look out there and Corey and Braden and his cousins were out there peeling the bark off of the tree. I could see them peeling big strips of bark off of my expensive that I didn't buy for, but it's expensive tree, Japanese maple. And you know, if you peel the bark all the way around a tree, that's a good way to kill a tree, right? Because that bark, it brings nutrients up 
through the tree and it protects the tree and it, it actually spreads the any warmth that's that's out in the atmosphere. It spreads it throughout the tree. I went running out there and I'm like, stop! And um, thankfully the tree survived and we still have the tree today. But thankfully for my kids that it survived. And um, anyway, but the bark is important. And when I'm talking about bark, I'm not talking about you need to have a protective layer of, around yourself and not let anybody in because you've been hurt so many times. And I think we've all been there. I, I've been there. When you've been hurt by people over and over again, you tell yourself, fine, I'm not going to open up myself to anybody again. I'm not gonna make myself vulnerable to anybody ever again. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is we need to let God be our protective layer. We need to find refuge in God. Let him be your protection. Um, the Psalms is filled with scriptures, and I have a few here that talk about him being our protection. It says, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. He is my refuge and my fortress. And then it says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. It says, you are, my you are a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with shouts of deliverance. We can stand on these promises of protection. These are benefits we have as believers, believers in Christ. Let Jesus be your covering. Not only when we accept Christ as our Savior does he come and live within us, but actually we also live within him. Um, Colossians 2, 6, and 7 says, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus, continue to live your lives in him rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a comfort to me to know that while Christ is in me, I am also in him. I am surrounded by him. Do you know what it tells me? That nothing touches my life that has not gone through Christ first. Nothing has touched my life that has not gone through the blood of Jesus first that he has not already made a way of escape, that he's not already found a way that he will receive glory and that it will turn out for our good. These are promises that we have when we are in Christ and we let him be our protective layer. So God created these trees to do three things, to slow down within themselves, release the leaves, and he has, they have that protective bark. And they not only survive the winter, but by doing these three things, they actually change. They transform on a cellular level so that they can withstand cold and snow and wind and less daylight. And going through your season of winter in life, it's not easy. And, and just doing these three simple things, it might not become spring all of a sudden but you know how it is when we're going to hit the winter solstice here soon uh december at 20 or 21st and then pretty soon we're going to start gaining two minutes of light a day but we don't notice that two minutes of light every single day do we all of a sudden you know how it happens and you, you've done this i know you have we all have you're sitting there you've eaten dinner you look out and you're like oh, it's five o'clock and it's still light out right have you done that all of a sudden you're like oh, look 
it's eight o'clock and it's still light out. All of a sudden, that's what happens. As we begin to apply these, these things to our lives, to, to slow down, to be still and know that he is God, right? When we begin to surround ourselves with godly people, let go of, of what's draining us of energy that we don't have. And when we allow Christ to be our protection, all of a sudden, we're going to look around and we're going to go, wait, it's light. Wait. It's light out. I, I know this to be true because it has happened in my own life when I dealt with, with deep anxiety, big anxiety. And I remember um, not wanting to, to be um, bound by that anymore. And I, every day, it was I had this certain trigger that would always bring on these, these anxiety attacks. And whenever that happened, I started repeating the, the scripture, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. And I would do it every day. Even in the midst of an anxiety attack, I would still say that scripture every day, every day, every day. Months go by, and all of a sudden, I realize um, what used to trigger me didn't trigger me anymore. It just, I just realized it. It wasn't something that happened that I noticed every single day, but all of a sudden, I was like, oh, I'm not having an anxiety attack right now. Thank you, Jesus. That's how he, that's how he works in our lives. As we just apply these things, we'll, he, he brings us through this process of, of, of winter so that we can reach spring. And all of a sudden, we're going to see buds starting to bloom. We're going to realize that there's leaves. There's leaves that are forming. God's giving me new people in my life. He's giving me new habits. He's giving me new attitudes, right? That's what God does as we, as we lean into him. He changes us. We're not in a place where it's always winter and never Christmas. We may be in winter, but we have the hope that we're going to get through, that God's going to bring us through to the other side. And I want to close... Um, it's kind of changed uh, instead of just having a prayer. God wanted me to close with a song and for you to, to just think about within yourself. Because a lot of this is just, it's self-reflection is what it is. And we have to look within ourselves and say, God, what in my life um, do I need to let go of? How can I slow down? Right? How can I let you be my protective layer? And a lot of it is just us being still and knowing that he is God, that he's been faithful before, and he will be faithful to you again. And, um, you know, I have several songs that I just, that, that are mine, I, I call them mine personally, but like I, they're, they're from my worship time in my office, and sometimes God has me share them, and this is, this is one of them. Um, that I sing um, as a prayer to God. And as I sing that, this song today, I want you to just close your eyes and reflect on your life, if you're, especially if you're feeling like you're in winter right now, and ask God, how can I change this, right? How, can, how, how do you want me to proceed with this? Um, give me strength. Give me, give me the remembrance that you have not left me to fend for myself this winter season, but that you are, that you are with me. Go ahead and just, just close your eyes and concentrate on, on God. Let my heart be 
led by you, Father God, in everything that we do, God. Lord, I pray that you give us direction, God, Lord, in how to survive the winters of life, Father God, so that we are not overcome. God, that we are not, Father God, Lord, feeling forsaken, but we know that you are always there. God, that we have the hope of Christmas, the hope that God is with us, the hope that you are our Prince of Peace still, even in the midst, God, Lord, of, of trials and tribulations, God, you have not left us. You are Emmanuel, God with us. friendly. I pray that um, that you were blessed by this word. And uh, It's not always easy to be introspective, <laughs> but um, as we do, that's how God grows us. As we are honest with ourselves, honest with God, um, he is honest with us. Amen. pray that you were blessed by today's message and I just love how God uh, while he while he created everything it was it was more than just for us to look at and enjoy but it was also for us to teach him about who he is what kind of God he is and and how he is there for us and how we learn of him through his creation and you know just knowing what those trees go through through winter has taught me how I can go through my season of winter. Um, and I pray that you take these, these tips that we, that we learned and apply them to your life. And if you like the song that I sang at the end, it's by house fires. Uh, it's called be still and know. I highly recommend you add it on your Spotify list because it, it is, it is blessed me. Like I said, it's my quiet time worship song that I shared with my church today. And, um, that's a great song. And after church, somebody that um, was was sitting in at church today came up to me and she found she had another song and she said, I just listened to this and and um, it's called Every Season by Nicole Nordeman. And it was a really great song. It went along well with the message that was preached today. So those are great songs to add to your uh, playlist of if you have a quiet time, a worship time playlist and um you know just to add to that but god bless you and you have a great week